Alrighty, so good evening out there in the internet. Welcome to Scuba and Arai Isolation Week Three or Week Two. What are we on? Week Forever. Uh, yeah, I it's. Believe. I mean, I think it's like Week Three. I, I think yeah, I think we're starting. Uh, for me, it feels. Let's yeah, it'd be Week Four because I've been working for remote for three weeks now. <laughs> so Just, this would be yeah. Week Four. Um, Isolation so, to a T, but I still go out because I need to breathe some air. So. Oh yeah, I breathe there too. I open a window, I breathe there. Yeah, there's a nice park. I go for. Oh, that's a nice breathe. <laughs> Alrighty, so tonight, of course, joined by Mark Saladin and Graza. How you guys doing? And of course, live. Um. So how's how's the uh, imposed isolation affecting you guys? There was an isolation. <laughs> like any other day, really, before we're introverts, we don't go out very often. The only difference is I just don't get up to go to work. I get up and walk downstairs to go to work. <laughs> Pretty nice. That's a very say. far That's walk. fair. That's really fair. And some days I don't even do that. Oh, really? some days I actually just open up my laptop and don't get out of bed. I have been doing that, except for my laptop's on my table next to my bed. So I like I have to get up. <laughs> I, yeah. I pre-set it up the night before. Yeah, and I have to do training, so yeah, I have to actually look presentable. Yeah, I just do drawing. Oh, you so know. you're spending a lot of time doing video conferencing there, uh, Ryan? Well, not technically, but you know we have tools to train through. You know, remote. Mm -hmm. uh, we have WebEx. We have Adobe Connect. So, depending on what training I have to do, depends on what tool I use, so. Okay. Well, you said you had to look presentable, obviously. That's why I'm asking. Are like you using oh. actual video Oh, not for, for video. Not for video, because I'm, I'm, I'm never on the video. I just need to be presentable as in my voice. Because if oh. I sound tired, then I'm not going to be able to present the facts or present the material very well. That's fair. That's so. fair. But no, any kind of any kind of conference, I call on my phone. <laughs> Maybe you can bring it down further towards me. <laughs> Hold on. Adjust course, my friend. Adjust course. He's remembering his camera presence. How about you? <laughs> I do. Kirby does. What about you? Um, what about so for Graza and Saladin? It's pretty much been business as usual. You guys haven't really none, nothing too bad. Um, uh, yeah, just you know, taking walks and making sure eat food. And, mm, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes take a run to the store. I'll walk to the store. It's not too far. Plus, it's raining. No, we haven't had a whole <laughs> lot of that. It's like every yeah, few today. days it rains. Yeah, today. Yeah, it did rain today. So. Yeah, uh, I think uh, my team. We normally do a, a conference call every day, a scrum meeting. And yesterday and today, we had, uh, yes, yesterday my manager decided to left his camera on so we could actually see him for the conversation. And then today I turned my camera on, so it was like, it doesn't feel quite so lonely <laughs> uh, yeah it does uh, yeah. when 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 you're working from home forced working from home and no interactions you know some people get that cabin fever 
Yeah. So that's why I always entice to at least go outside and do something. Not all the parks are closed. You just no. gotta follow the rules. That's well, it. Well, we've got some major schedule adjustments going on around here, so hopefully we'll start the park routine here in, a, in another few days. Oh, yeah. Um, I might hit I might hit up the park later this week. I just was too lazy to drive there today, so I just ran around the neighborhood. So. <laughs> yeah, that works. But, Never works. But, yeah, with a lot of the time taken away from me traveling, as you know, I like to just randomly go places. I can't do that right now because everything's closed. So i just been reading, reading this book right here, the screenwriting book. So I can add another repertoire to my writing and also been editing one of my uh, romance stories so I could get it prepared to publish it sometime this year. Um, That'll be a good read. Yep, it's uh, called The Things We Think Alone and it's focused on um, two two broken souls and it's the way the story is written is through their, you're seeing their lives through their eyes. So it's like you're reading their thoughts as they're thinking it through depending on the situation. So it's more of a fate and circumstance that bring them together, or does it really? You don't really know. It's kind of ambiguous, but it's just watching the journey through through their eyes and through their thoughts gives it character. That's why the title is called "The Things We Think Alone." That's cool. So I'm only got the first two chapters edited, and I got a lot of walls to go. So. All right. Well, so that'll be good. You got. What about you, Grazon? Vote, uh, Saladin. You guys working on anything really interesting? I think the last time Saladin said he was trying to do a program just to scratch that programming itch. Um, yeah, we're working on the the actual implementation ourselves. We're making a lot of progress on the code. Uh, I still have to draw the logos and icons. <laughs> but, uh, I'll probably be doing that during the probably after today. We'll work on that. Okay. Saturday, I'll do some more sketching and stuff. Just usual stuff. That sounds like that sounds fun. All right. Um, I haven't been up to a whole lot. I mean, did a lot of took advantage of the warm weather and just did a bunch of stuff around the house, mainly the shop and the uh, and uh, big thing was packing because my mom has uh, moved back to Wisconsin. She left oh, yesterday nice. and she just got there, probably about an hour and a half to hour and a half ago. So it's been interesting hearing that when it comes to when it comes to what you're saying about doing random trips. She said uh, there wasn't a whole lot of cars on the interstates, just a lot of trucks. Yeah, I would best oh, believe yeah. you would see a lot more trucks than just people traveling right now. Yeah, a few of the rest stops were open. She tried to avoid the turnpike, but was on it for a little bit. But so far, the ride the trip was uneventful. She only had to fill up gas like twice. For the entire trip which is uh really that's cool. good she had a she was using a like a ford edge it's like a little oh, yeah. suv hybrid a hybrid suv type thing it was really oh, nice good. i mean it killer gas mileage so but uh yeah now she's up there and so we're adjusting in around the house without having uh her around because she's been around for like the last 18 years roughly <laughs> so yeah then, so she basically just went back home. I'm assuming that's where she's from, right? No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her brother, her, her her brother was been in the hospital, and he was staying okay. with uh, the grandparents because you know they're elderly and they you know 
they they live on their own which is cool but you know yeah. they need a lot of extra help <clears throat> so he was with them but with him being in the hospital there isn't someone there and mm -hmm. mom was like well how about i come back and stay with them so we're like all right cool she's got her transfer for work and everything so she's good to go <laughs> and then uh friday night i did a first virtual D, &D game i saw that that was uh quite fun <laughs> Went a little long, didn't realize, I think we didn't stop till like 11, 11, 11.30 last night, or that night, just because it was, we got into three different combat encounters, and the second one just took forever to get through, because it was, <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was rough. Did someone try to grapple? No, um. That usually takes forever. <laughs> well, I think, I think this encounter went 12, 12 turns. Oh well, um, <laughs> it was the party. They had camp for the night, and on their first watch, happened to pull an encounter with a group of with like a group of eight goblins, and started that battle. And the goblins, uh, I'm, I'm getting better with my DM my tactics when it comes to running uh, creatures. So I would I had four rush into the campsite, four stay back and and shoot with bows, and. They, they managed to knock out most of the party, but one person would get up, give somebody a healing potion, and then they get knocked out. So the person they just got their healing potion stands up. And that went back and forth. And fine, I'm sitting there at some point going, yes, I'm going to knock them all out and I'm going to capture them. And that'll be the end of the session. And they kept coming back. And they kept not dying. And... Finally, they got to the point they killed all but one goblin, and that goblin ran away because <laughs> he was nowhere near melee. So it was like, <laughs> all right, we'll let the night go uneventfully. Then, or, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and then the next day, it's like, all right, so how do we want to do, do, do going through? And they got to the last random encounter option before they hit the they get to the castle, they get to their destination to start that start that. And they popped an encounter, and it was with another group of goblins. And I was like, yes! Put my survivor in there, upgraded their tactics, and managed to wipe out, wipe the, knock the party out and get them captured. So I felt very accomplished as a DM when it comes to tormenting the players with creatures. <laughs> so, but, all right. I've rambled on enough, so let's talk about movies and Rye. Rye, what you got for movies this week? Uh, for movies this week, um, like like before, the only thing we can do is watch them when they come on demand. <laughs> so this movie this week is the Ben Affleck drama, uh, feel-good drama of sorts called The Way Back. Okay. All right. So I say feel-good drama in the sense of in quotes because the basic outline is of a feel good you have a person that's uh he plays a character by the name of jack cunningham he's a man that was a basketball phenom back in the day he's fallen on some hard times and then he gets recruited by um his alma mater to come back and coach a team that's pretty much uh a, your typical rags to riches story per se they haven't been to the playoffs since he was on the team so they are like hey we need you to come back because of certain circumstances and coach this team again. And through that, he kind of finds a little bit of redemption 
and certain things happen that lead to that fulfillment circle of a typical sports feel-good movie, but not in the traditional way that you might think if you see like movies like Coach Carter or any of the other ones back like We Are Marshall and stuff. So it's a little bit different than the typical feel-good story. Okay. So Jack Cunningham's uh, story starts with, with him being a broken man, which is a typical trope you find in these kind of stories. And then once he um, gets through uh, introducing himself to the audience through you know interactions with his families and friends and you get to understand his backstory there's that trigger uh, plot point that brings him back to his school to coach. And then that's where the story kind of changes from the typical feel good story format where the characterization of his character and the realism of the situation becomes one. So a lot of the interactions with the players, with his own decisions in life start to come forth and he starts to realize truth of his circumstance. And what is really good about this movie is that nothing is forced exposition. Everything happens through subtlety. Everything happens through interactions. Everything happens through dialogue. And what I mean by that is like, say um, like you and me are having a conversation. There's no like, aha, Ryan's becoming a better person because he said, oh, I am becoming a better person because you told me to do this. It's just through watching it. You're watching growth in, in real time. But you also see the, the, the fragility of his, of his person because there are like really bad um, human flaws that he has that no matter how hard he's making it back to the light, he still stumbles. Mm. So once you get into the third act, uh, the, the feel-good outline of what it's being based on becomes the red herring of the actuality of events and some of the dire consequences that happen in the end and the cl- climax. But it still has that kind of feel-good ending because you can kind of see a sign of hope without okay. giving any of this, any of the spoilers away. The ending helps bring the story full circle, but in a more realistic, raw fashion than what you would expect from the typical Hollywood ever, uh, you know, happily ever after the team wins in the end. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, this sounds. Uh, you said the feel-good genre genre or whatever this feels like you know eight crazy nights the mighty ducks yeah um it has that yeah it has that feeling like the outline like the basic outline that's where it builds off of but it puts to the forefront the character of jack cunningham ben affleck's character and you just watch him on screen carry the load of both his past the present and what he has to ultimately do to get to a better future. Okay. So it's more or less the, the sports story, the feel-good stuff wraps around his story. His journey is what carries everything through, and everything trickles down to the rest of the people in the film who start to become better because of his own uh, demons. Okay. So. So. And it's uh, it's really raw. Like this is a rated R feel-good movie, so it is it is not what you would expect, in a good way. Okay. Do you guys have any questions for the movie or for Rye on this movie? No? Okay. No, so. I mean, it sounds... Um, so so it, was, it was a release to um, just like Netflix or... Uh, it's on demand. It was in theaters, 
But, you know, with the situation, you know, theaters are closed. A lot of the studios are pushing out either uh, upcoming releases or releases that have just happened, like Onward and so forth, straight to On Demand so that oh. people can get to see them. So this is another one of those, like, smaller films that would have fallen through the cracks for me, like Emma from last week. But just because it's available on demand, I was able to get to it quicker. It's so a lot of people, so it's probably made, doing pretty good. Maybe even better than it would have if it oh, got yeah. actual theatrical. It was making good money in the theaters, and it was having good word of mouth, both by the critics and the audience, because of just the way it wasn't your typical feel-good story. And they praised Ben Affleck's uh, acting in it. Like, he really carries this movie. Good. That's great. All right. So, Rye, what are we going to call this one? Um, being that it is a feel-good movie that does bring it down just a wee bit, because there is some, you know, predictability and some setup in the beginning that... It has to happen, but you know, the obviousness does take it down a little bit, but because of the realism, the raw journey and the great acting by Ben Affleck as Jack Hung in him, I say it is definitely a genuine tale of redemption, one that will make you see the truth of your own demons and want to be better. So I gave it a four out of five full price. It would be worth the full price at the theaters. Okay. Yes. Alrighty. And you said you've been doing some TV watching. What have you got? Oh, yes, TV watching. I hit that super binge mode this weekend on one of my favorite series, uh, uh, Ozark. Ozark, okay. Yeah, it's a, T, it's a Netflix original series, and it stars um, um, Jason Bateman as Martin Marty Bird. He's basically a money launderer for, the, for, the, uh, for a drug cartel in Mexico. Hmm. And this is the third season, so you've already moved through some issues that he's had, and he's basically... Um, trying to survive and trying to find a way to balance, you know, family life, trying not to get caught by the FBI and not get killed by the cartel while he's just trying to find a way to win in the end. So as much as he it might seem like a good guy, he is really trying to find a way to win in the end, not just for him, but is for his family. Is this kind of like a, a Breaking Bad type of a it is scenario? A, a, the comparison is straight on point. A lot of people compare this to Breaking Bad just because of uh, he has a facade as a as a as a business leader, as a community leader, but he is a uh, he uses all the stuff in the town towns in the Ozarks as um, shells to money launder for the cartel. He's kind of pushed into it. He doesn't want to do it, but he's really good at laundering money, so that's why he's always able to figure a way out of every situation. Mm. Um, and also another big uh, act, uh, another big person that's in this show is uh, Laura Linney, who plays his wife, Wendy Bird. And their chemistry on screen is what makes this series so great. Because they're able to put on a happy-go-lucky, you know, um, husband-wife facade. But behind the scenes, they want to tear each other apart. Because <laughs> they're always, they are always like trying to find ways to outdo each other. But trying to do that kind of stumbles their own dreams forward and causes havoc with interacting with the cartel, with the FBI, and with other, you know, criminals in the Ozarks. Hmm. So the third season focuses on them um, laundering money through a casino that they uh, were able to set up in the Ozarks. So they're all making money, but because of Wendy, Laura Lindy's character, wants to expand that is what the major plot point of the season three is. And that what has a trickle down effect with every character in the, in the story. So everybody is out to find a way to survive, 
not getting killed by the cartel, but also showing that, you know, I might be able to work with you. So it's a lot, a lot of having to work with your enemy, you know, keep your enemies close kind of deal. Okay. Yeah. But overall, I would say season three is probably my favorite season of, of all three of them, just because it puts everything to the extreme, but in a very, um, realistic manner where it reveals like what people will do when their backs are against the wall and a lot of this some of the decisions were were predictable but a lot of the decisions you do not see coming because you think they're going to go one way just because of the way they were acting in the first few episodes and then because of something that comes out of left field they have to like think on their feet really quick and make severe cons consequential choices in the end fascinating oh yeah so if you've never watched the series i definitely would recommend it for anyone especially if you're a fan of breaking bad or anything in that kind of concept because what makes this what makes this show go are the characters they're colorful they're unique they're provocative they're individualistic and you never really know what they're going to do because what they say is not what they mean and then what they mean is not what they say so it's very it's very good writing in the dialogue because it's never obvious so it's it is it's available on netflix the third season's up there so if you want to binge all seasons have 10 episodes and they're about an hour a piece so my wife has watched it she said it was very good yeah so if i would put it on the rating scale i would say 4.5 out of 5 on mine season three nice How would uh, I rate past seasons? Uh, if I would rate past seasons, I would do it um, first season a four, second season a four, and this one a 4.5. Because each season stands on its own with its own uniqueness, but it's just this third season is like the tipping point of everything has happened in the first two seasons. So okay. it pushes everybody into a corner and they really have to make tough choices. Nice. Sweet. Sounds good. Uh, as far as TV for me, I finished uh, see the first season of Picard on CBS All Access. How's that? That was really good. That that had some that had some twists and turns I did not see coming, but okay. it sets up really nicely for continuing seasons. Um, I think the. There's so I don't want to spoil it too much, but <clears throat> overall the whole season has been a breath of fresh air as far as the whole Star Trek uh, genre. Um, Patrick Stewart, uh, the, all of them, it's just it feels really good seeing that, and the story is fresh. So we're not, and and I think one of the benefits of the fact it is on the in the. Uh, digital space via streaming versus network television is they can be a little more i want to say realistic because you actually get to see some of the grittier sides of cult of society regardless so while star trek has this great utopian type of persona there's a lot of undertones that you only hint at in like which they really didn't touch on to to get into like ds9 or whatever but I thought it was a very good show, and I'm looking forward to the next season. And I gotta say, one of the best things about what CBS is doing with 
Star Trek is on YouTube they have they have uh, Will Wheaton hosting a show called The Ready Room where he sits and talks about all things Star Trek and did an episode for each uh, episode of Picard actually talking with the various cast and talking about some of the stuff going on so it was nice and of course for the season finale they he had Patrick Stewart on there to talk and so it was nice to hear them talk as being both from the doing Star Trek in 20 years ago and how Star Trek is now and I think one of the things I love most about that is since Patrick Stewart is one of the is one of the producers on this one unlike TNG he actually got to sit in the writers room and listen to the writers room go absolutely ballistic over let's do this plot thread or that plot thread or let's throw it out because it doesn't quite work and here are these new things he said it was such a surreal experience to sit in there and listen to these writers go back and forth on these story arcs which is really cool i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing more of that is there anything you would say that was like a a, a downer on the show any like things that would bring it down plot wise character wise any subplots unnecessary? There are a couple what, of mo- okay. a couple of things um, having to deal with some of the Romulan angle. Um, I wish could have been fleshed out a little bit more or dropped off. There was a and it, I think a lot of this is there is hints and Easter eggs to lay threads for future seasons. There, okay. uh, there, there's a, there's a moment in I think in one of in one of the episodes where you have seven of nine and the board cube and there's a line that's like wait what and they never go on to it much further than that and so it's just kind of okay let's see it, it, some of there some of the plot devices look like this is just how we get person A to this location at this time kind of deal. So I was like, all right, let's see how things go from there. But I think it was really nice to bring all the callbacks to the original show, to Next Generation and whatnot. It's pretty cool. But there's some things it's like, okay, why is this here? Aside from just a plot device to get this character in this place at this time. That works. What about you guys? You guys see any, any binge on any shows? Westworld. Huh? Westworld. Westworld, we that's been. right. We were talking about that last time. You guys up to season three yet? No, we're uh, into season two, and uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, I have to watch the for next two episodes of season three. I haven't watched them yet. Yeah, well, so, since you guys have both gone through season one, what was you, what, what's your thoughts on season one of Westworld? Um, figuring out that the, that there's a timeline difference until you don't realize that until yes. after you think everything's happening coherently, but then you're yeah. like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, you don't realize it's you don't realize the timeline thing till like, for me, it had to be that moment where the guy puts the hat on and lifts and up, like, and then it's like Ed Harris's character is like, "Wait, oh, that's clever." The, um, the writing on from a like a, pers- a film perspective is really good because you have uh there's the the person writing the story has a continual narrative of repetition so you have this kind of um like 
one scene it'll pan over and the, the, the thing will start the, the piano will keep going and then you'll see the lines and it'll be a different song but everybody else is doing the exact same thing and being able to pull that off each time and throughout the literally literally throughout the entire episode or in all the different episodes is is um quite in, quite fascinating and uh, on an engineering scale quite hard <laughs> so it was something I enjoyed the little details about those kinds of things, you know, uh, Dolores like putting stuff in her bag and the can rolling down, and it looks like it rolled the same way every time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting on some of the latter, some of the episodes you'd see, and you, you kind of real, I'll, and I'll thaw this over for Saladin because you watched this once and then watched this again a second time, right? Did you? Is there any, I, I know just thinking through it myself, it's like there is points where it's like you'd see a character in one storyline, he was in this, he or she was in this role. And then when this new group of characters comes, cast members comes through, that character is now in a different role. Um, well, Dolores' father. Yes, he's that a good was one. the biggest one. Because you figure uh, Peter Abernathy was a big role for Dolores and then all of a sudden he went crazy or crazy and got put in the dungeon. Well, then they put this new character in for the father and you could tell that it was from something else and I couldn't figure it out. Well, when we watched back through, it was actually the opening scene of when Teddy was walking through. He was one of the bandits. Ah. It wasn't a obvious, but he was one of the bandits that was an extra that was in the street. I I I didn't catch that one. The one that I'm thinking of is when Ed Harris's character is going through, and it's like when his younger self goes through a particular town area. Uh, certain people are playing like the bandit leaders or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when inher- when when he, his older self goes through, that person's in a completely different role, so to speak. And... Well, they did say that they can't keep the same one in the same role because they're going to have uh, glitches in their memory. They did specify that in, I believe it was the later episodes, but they did specify that they did have to switch out characters. Dolores and Maeve were the two longest running characters or roles that they put him into. Yeah, that, the only two. that. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. But, and they had to switch them out, but the only reason Dolores and Maeve were able to do this was Dolores had was so old that she had been reborn so to speak there was nothing new about her but she still had um the secondary system that they kept talking about in her so like a memory backup in her body whereas Maeve was altered by someone and progressed into the okay but how did any anything else interesting from the show? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the, the overarching story about what defines um, 
life. That was a big topic inside the actual storyline itself, so you have to worry about uh, how the writer is playing that out. Um, can you mute so I because I can't hear myself? Just go. Sorry. There we go. Because <laughs> uh, I hear myself talking and I'm like, eh. Uh, sorry about that. So the so the character, the thing about life, what makes something alive? How do you tell when something's past that that point where you can tell, okay, this is a living thing? And they broach this subject in such a very interesting way because of the hosts themselves. So they're like partially living material and mechanical material. There's this mesh between those two to where they're living tissue but they're not alive. There's that whole order a whole thing about consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Consciousness. I think it's I think it's more consciousness than anything else. It's like what happens when you start to gain consciousness. So Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think it's great. I think yeah. so I, yeah. I've, I've watched a couple episodes of season 2 but I haven't finished season 2 and I thought it was uh quite interesting so I'm only I can only imagine they went further and further with the whole season two and season three. Season yeah, three it's like so far. trying to bite my tongue and not spoil things when y'all keep talking because I have finished season two and started season three. So it's just like, just wait and see. <laughs> but yeah, I do like the how they like play with the idea about life, sentient consciousness. And it, they further it the further it goes, mm-hmm. and pits it with the idea of what is good and what is evil. So that adds another layer to it, especially in season two. There's a there's a, a line Dolores uses in I think it's season two where she says, um, "You you wanted to hide from uh, judgment, so you, you made this place so no one would judge you, but." Who's going to judge? But no one is going to judge us for what we are going to do. Yeah, that was a very it's quite powerful chill, it's line. Quite chill. Quite chill. Mm-hmm. I agree. They don't expect them to do that. There's a there's an unexpected result of what if they do. <laughs> That's it's one of those things where the scientists didn't really think about it. They're like, it'll be fine. We can just erase. Yeah. Them. Well, yeah. Just let's let's well, go ahead and just mess away, mess with AI, and see what happens, people. One of the things I thought was probably the most chilling is if you think about this whole concept of this park and take a, take out the take aside the fact that it was like $32,000 a day to be a guest in this park. But the fact that you could do whatever you wanted in this park really kind of I think is is a nice um, psychological element when you look at uh, based on other 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 stories like uh, Lord of the Flies or some of those other things. When you take away societal pressures of expected behavior, what are people going to be like? Like, well, I, I think a great case in point is you look at Ed Harris's character. He, outside of the park, is a philanthropist. He is someone who Bennett who who does a lot of good, quote unquote, 
good in the world. Yet in yeah. the park, he is just diabolically evil because he's not. <laughs> he, he 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 he's just doing what he's want. And the fact that you find out later that he owns a good chunk of the park. Well, you gotta like, remember when you're first watching this, you're seeing William or whatever. Yeah. I couldn't whatever. remember his I, name. <laughs> William. Yeah. Um, so when you're seeing William. We'll say William is the young one, Bill is the older because that's okay. what he preferred. So William, the younger one, uh, when he first goes to the park, he is with his buddy or his will be his step brother because he's going to marry her sister. Yeah, his, his, his brother-in-law. Well, now you got to keep remember when he first got to that park, he did not want to do anything bad, mm-hmm. anything at all. Mm-hmm. And then that's where, when you started seeing and you realized he put on that hat, you got that feeling of, oh crap, this is where he changed. And then in later episodes and two that we're watching now, you could see this more progression because of how they did these episodes. So it's kind of good looking at episode or second season to see that progression in just this recent episode that we watched they did a progression i'm not going to give it away because for those that might not have watched it for some oh, reason yeah. um but in that episode it gave that progression of 149 times and you see it 149 times or mm-hmm. in that short little area of the progression of him, his gray hairs coming in, and the look of Woody, and it was just like, and you could see the demeanor changing, the, the, the whole atmosphere changing as he progressed, and there, that was the whole. Other interesting, another interesting thing is at the beginning when William's character enters the park, he's changing clothes. And the the guide lady comes out, and and there's like two sets. Oh, there's one set on one wall and one set on the other. Though she goes, so which one do you prefer? And there's a white hat and a black hat. So it's like sort of choose you're a good guy or a scumbag. You know, it's it, the horrible. Yeah, that whole guy. trope on the white hat, black hat, right? The right white hat, hat, good hat. people, <laughs> black hat. So it's it's. Mm-hmm. It, interesting to see how William's character takes the white hat at first but then eventually evolves into the black hat yeah man and black it's I think that's an interesting interesting thing from a writer's perspective as well as uh, from a just a, a societal and psychological standpoint when you have that kind when you see I mean there's that old trope I'll absolute power corrupts absolutely and I mean, that's kind of what it is there but in a place you can figure out who you are yes he discovers that he's a son of a bitch you know and you know what sometimes that's what you need i mean it's it, it's it, it, weirdly because i'm going to make this next leap in the kind of in the fact that that's actually very very much what we're seeing now during this whole th- the whole shenanigan is 
you start is you strip away certain things people will be who they really are at their core at their core they're like this i mean it, it it's amazing how many excuses society will make for people but once things hit the fan all of a sudden people's true character comes out and you're just like wow <laughs> i mean i can't even be surprised by it anymore personally but it's just it's interesting <laughs> to see those things as they occur I mean, there was we a... have this this kind of uh, expectation of, of society where goods and services are provided. You go about your daily thing. You don't bother other people if you can't help it. You know, but when those those filaments start to like become thinner and thinner as they're stretched, people start to become desperate. And when people are desperate, they do desperate things and they do things that are self-serving because part of human nature is survival. They want to survive, and if that means being a son of a bitch, then that's what it means. So be it. Oh yeah. But I think that's a fairly interesting thing. So, <laughs> all right. So we've covered uh, movies and TV, and I guess we're rolling into other conversations. Uh, there was a topic from last week that we never got to, and that figured it'd be a nice uh, conversation piece to go with. And that is, let's talk about anime, and let's talk, and since a lot of us yeah, now have time to watch anime and watch all these things we wanted to watch, there's a wonderful like debate me. amongst anime fans of dub or sub, and which, which one do you prefer? Me, personally, I prefer dubbed, because I want to see the animation, I want to see the action of the, of the piece, but I don't want to have to miss it because I'm reading the subtitles. Now, granted, if I spent the time to learn the original language that the that it was filmed in, that might be different because there is a lot of in um, enunciation and inflection with a lot more words in in Japanese cult Japanese culture that you that you miss when it's translated to what to to the West to yeah. to. Uh, English or whatever, but still, I like the voice cast that they have for a lot of these, and I like to hear the hear it in English and then see how the action goes. But that's my two cents. So opening it up to you guys. Uh, Sal, what do you think? Start with Sal since he's right above me on my view. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go counterclockwise. Which I'm uh, muting. <laughs> Counterclockwise okay. is I view it. So, Sal, you're up first. <laughs> okay. So, that it's actually a tough thing to say which one I prefer because some animes, um, I know... It's like if they're talking a whole lot and there's not a lot of action, I prefer that they still... that it has a sub. Okay. Because then I can get the he the feeling behind, even if I can't understand them, I get the feeling behind the word. Whereas dubs, you you really don't because they have to make it. Because I was just actually watching uh, how they do the dubbing for uh, uh, Pokemon. So when they're doing the dubbing for Pokemon. They're trying to get it, it what they call is in the flap. So if I'm talking, 
they're trying to get the words to match closely as they can within those flaps and make it somewhat um, in the context. It is not a true um, translation of what was actually said. So, and that kind of scares me when I read, seeing this, I was like, oh, well, so I started looking it up stuff and the sub versus dub, the dubbing is only about 60% accurate to 70% accurate mm -hmm. of what the translation, whereas subbing, it is closer to 80% because they're limited on the space, the real estate on this and they yeah. have to break it up and the timing of how long they can keep it on the screen. So, I mean, it's a lot closer representation of what it is than the dubbing. But in most cases, like Pokemon, we're all used to the Pokemon. I mean, you're used to hearing it in English or in your native language, not Japanese or where it came from. So... Yeah. Those and that, ones and then, we're used to, and those are the ones we're expecting. Yeah, and that can be said for a lot of foreign films, not just anime. Yeah, and, and it's like, you're used to that. Whereas some of the animes, if you're not used to them or you haven't watched them, I prefer actually subtitles and sit down and watch the first few episodes, see how it's... If I can get away with dubbing it, so I'll, I know I've done this a couple times where it's like, uh, uh, the go or hero Academy. Mm. I watched the first few episodes dubbed and watched a few episodes as sub. And I actually rather enjoyed the sub because I got more contact than I did with the dub. So some animes you need to have that context to understand why they're saying almighty. <laughs> not what they're saying in the other part because it's it's cut off when you're doing the dubbing mm -hmm. versus the sub so i mean it it just plays with your mind a little bit of which one you prefer for each anime yeah I voiceover without is a doubt. really rough very good point yeah. and i mean it i can't say yes i prefer dubbing or i prefer I can say that dubbing, in my opinion, is better if it's a background and you've already, you know that you're going to be missing. And it's just a background, you're enjoying the show. Whereas if you want to understand what is truly happening, then you go for the subbing and sit down and actually watch it or actually learn the language it came from. So, I mean, technically you have three options. Yeah, dubbing, subbing, and learn their language. <laughs> Which, if you have so, an ear for languages, that's cool. If you don't, or if yeah. you're uh, someone in the Intel schools learning languages, that's great. But, you know, that's yeah. the Rosetta Stone. But yeah. then again, you know, we're all in self-imposed quarantine, so a lot of that time to pick up those skills that they have I've even wanting to do. a lot of do. anime recently, okay? And I've learned a lot of words, but I don't know what they mean yet, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, be careful. And I'm not going to say them because I don't know what they mean. Well, just be I careful just to use imagine. them. <laughs> All right, Tarazzo, what about you? Salad. 
Grazo, right, how about so, you? What, what you? Where, where do you stand on the great debate? Well, I'm sitting right now, obviously, but uh, <laughs> that's a good one, Sal. Uh, as a, like, I watched anime back in, like, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 79, but I grew up in the 80s, so VHS and, like, actual, you know, getting the VHS that are either fan-subbed or actual-subbed um, was a really big thing. So you, you got the, and there was different schools of thought old school anime fans like myself like really like the subtitles because again you have that context where you have the inflections um you, you get a lot of the the visceral nature of the characters than you do with uh, with dubbing that being said dubbing is for people who are not i would say have a it's hard to really kind of put it into words, but it's it's a kind of a different um, audience, right? So you're not trying to read a whole bunch of words and stuff. You want to just enjoy the show without having words right here on the screen. Hear what they're saying and not have to actually go, okay, pause, this is going by really fast, because sometimes they do talk really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you just want to just hear the show and enjoy it. Maybe you've already seen it in Japanese, with the subtitles and you just want to hear how the English voice cast actually performs the characters. I myself, this is how I watch it. So I'll watch the the Japanese subtitles first and then play through the um, the sub the dubbed version and see how the, the English cast actually tackles the, the production team and stuff like that tackles each of the different um, challenges for the characters and how it comes across. Um, the, the genre itself it can also get into the um, which is better the original uh, source material like either graphic novel or light novel or manga versus the actual anime that could be a topic for another time but I myself I find um, the nuances of voice voice work for the characters uh, quite fascinating and seeing how both teams come across and handle those challenges is uh quite a tickle to the ears okay right how about you you seem to be, uh, you, you spend quite a bit of time uh stereotypes aside watching anime <laughs> living that stereotype it's a dream of a dream mm-hmm. of a half asian boy so um <laughs> but uh i i grew up like uh Valgraza, i grew up on anime anime has been my life it's been my fun pastime that's how a lot of my friendships or at least like my really close best friends that is one of our things we love is anime uh putting that to the forefront i have watched a lot of anime dubbed i have watched a lot of anime subbed and putting aside the technical aspect of how you know closely related it is to, to it i am going to go aim at the root of um um aesthetic there is a certain aesthetic when you're just watching the anime as is in its in its uh, native language with the subtitles that you don't really get when you watch it in dub Mm -hmm. and a good a good um two good examples i can say of that is one mark pointed out pretty quick is my hero academia like i i i've watched a few episodes in dub but i've watched most of it in sub Another good example would be an anime film 
You go by the name of uh, Your Name, which came out a couple years ago. I saw it in theaters, subbed, and then I watched it again, dubbed. There is a certain aesthetic that it, it generates a genuine feeling when you're watching it within that native language that you don't really get when you see it dubbed, regardless if I've seen it reverse dub sub or sub dub. Because my favorite anime of all time, Cowboy Bebop, I've watched a hundred million times, most of the time in dub, but I have seen it sub. And there is a, a, a genuine aesthetic that you do get it when it's in the native language. And it does pertain to any kind of a, a foreign film or show. When you watch it in their native tongue, you just get this feeling. And, you know, they do dub it for reasons of audience-wise. You know, you want to get to a broader audience. There's some people that just don't want to read when they're watching things. And I get it, you know. But to get that, like, that that aesthetic, it's watching it in its native tongue. You do get a more... there There is a different feeling when you watch it in the, in, in Japanese with the sub than you do with the dub. And the last uh, Dragon Ball Super, I watched it all entirely in sub. And then when they started dubbing it on Adult Swim, I was like, I'm going to watch it again. And this was just more of a comparison value of what it, what, how different it was between the dub and the sub. And you do see a, a vast difference between when they're dubbing it and when they're subbing it. Hmm. No matter if it's length, there's just a different translation and a different feeling that comes when you're hearing it. In English, in Spanish, instead of its native tongue. So I would Agreed. even I would prefer the sub because I want that 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 aesthetic. There is a there is aesthetic you get. I get that like pure escape when it's in that native tongue. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean that makes sense. Like it's like I was saying in the beginning, it's like there's yeah. a certain inflection in gender and in status that you don't get in yeah. Western language. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and you can definitely tell, like, if you do like, like me or uh, uh, Saladin, if you watched an anime on one side and then you watch it in the other side, you can see the difference. You can feel the difference, especially, oh, sure. especially when it ties to the context of whatever the story is. So, anything from My Hero to Attack on Titan to old shows like Roroni Kenshin or um, uh, Sailor Moon, you can tell a different difference when you're watching it in the dub or sub okay so okay so we know i'm kind of impartial want to find out so we know try down here maybe Thanks. yeah you, you you got about right okay well so why is sub now what are you Cuba? i said that you. at the beginning i prefer dub just okay. because I want to see the story. Um, I know that there is a certain element that's missed because of the inflection. And subtitles... I find subtitles lacking in a sense that... you like you were, Kind of like you were saying, it's like you don't get all of the dialogue. You get, uh, you get enough to get you through, but you're not getting everything. And even... even even subtitles you're missing out on inflection which you're only going to get by listening to the words um i've only watched a i've only seen a couple of animes or film anime style films that were in the original japanese and you could tell the inflection especially the gender-based inflections um 
and some other things that you don't get and you obviously western language does not carry over but mm-hmm. i also because i follow a lot of the various voice actors via critical role and other things it's like they go through a lot to try and get the dialogue in because someone translates the script and they have to try and get like 10 words in like a couple of seconds of dialogue so there a lot of go it's like and like grouser was saying there's a lot that goes into the craft of doing a a dub yeah and yes. Very much so. And if you if you spend time listening to any of the interviews, the critical role cast has done because all of them cut their teeth, so to speak, doing dub and voiceover type stuff. I mean, I think uh, since you know Matt Mercer's a dungeon master, I'm an aspiring dungeon master. It's like he's his first thing was doing background voices on Fist of the North Star, and then kind of going from there, like. Uh, Laura Bailey did Trunks in Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, Laura Bailey and Travis both did Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which are great stories, which... But it's it's it's, it's honoring that performance and the fact that you could even... they I haven't seen a bad dub. <laughs> I really haven't. Yeah, I uh, well, you have to travel uh, back further in time to, to yeah. see the bad dubbing. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm sure. I mean, said, you still I, see it. It, it there happens. Are some, like, certain studios, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but certain there are studios. certain voice actors, You, if you see them in the in the list, you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a good time. Yeah. Because you can like, you'll so recognize them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As for myself, I, I do prefer um, subtitles, uh, and then I will watch it in dub. So I'm more of a kind of middle ground where I... The, when I my first watch through, I'd like to watch it in, in Japanese with the subtitles, and then if there is a dub version, again, you know, just the see how see how the English cast actually thinks. So that's for my okay. particular case. But the I think the overall consensus is that um, it, it it varies per person on how you want to enjoy the medium, and there's no real yeah. wrong way to do that. No. But you know, there there's... are there are cases where you have to you know like figure out what do you is it okay if you want to miss some of the stuff are you okay with that or you want to go delve deeper so some of the hardcore fans prefer the the japanese yeah if you're a hardcore fan then you'll know the difference but like the dubbing you get that mass appeal and if you're a person that's never seen the subs and just watch the dubs then you know you won't know a difference but uh gogeta right here he he definitely likes subs (laughs) <laughs> he's very pumped up. We're gonna say he's really pumped up. Look, he's very pumped oh. up for something. We've seen you grab that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He only needs his foot to defeat you. Oh yeah, look, just that, just kick. Just this much. <laughs> and I have a lot more up there that could uh, vote for sub. So. Yeah. Well, I, I think I have yeah. the one. The one of the few animes that I will watch in sub, and that's only because I really like the anime is Final Fantasy: The Advent Children. Oh yeah, that was because that one. Really good. That one I think is the only one I've actually sat and listened to in sub, just because yeah, I really enjoy that particular anime. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, It is beautiful. All right, so that was that was good. Um, And obviously, with uh, anybody in the comments, if they watch this on YouTube or here in the chat or whatnot, by all means, uh, shout out, give us your opinions on this. We always. 
appreciate some feedback um yeah. and if anybody's watching if they weren't sure what that was that was super saiyan uh blue gogeta from dragon ball broly from broly okay nice. so i guess uh the, and one of the other things is we normally talk state of game and it wouldn't be fair to be sitting here on twitch and mixer and everything else if we didn't talk about a few games um so let's uh do our video game chat let's start with uh graza let's start with you what video games you've been playing my man well, it's usually just the two. Um, sometimes others, but uh, Stellaris and uh, Space Engineers. Uh, Stellaris okay. had a recent update with uh, Federations, and they've done a huge overhaul to the game. For, like it's it's. I think it's back on that. sale on Steam. Yes, if you, if you get a chance, if it's on sale, definitely purchase it. If you like, um, it's like Sins of the Solar Empire. If you like that type of game. It's, it's real time, so it's not like you hit a turn button and then you wait and you hit another turn button. It just goes. You can pause the game if you want to, but in multiplayer, you can still pause, but the host has <laughs> to. But in multiplayer, it's like, oh gosh, I gotta scramble around and, you know, get my resources and send my, my research ship over here. But, you know, it, it's a great game. It's, and it's vastly different than Space Engineers itself, because in Space Engineers, you're you just start off, you get like you like a respawn ship, you land someplace, and then you have like your base materials, and that's it. And you're like, okay, gotta survive and build build things to you know not die. That's fair. It's quite, and then it, the whole interesting thing is if you start on it, you land on a planet. The process of getting your getting yourself into space is quite challenging and also quite fun. Okay. So I don't know about you. What games you've been playing? Uh, yep, I know. I just realized that. <laughs> well, because we're so close, someone's mic and my mic always pick up each other. So, oh, yeah, yeah. But um, I actually went back to Counter-Strike Source for a little bit. Uh, oh, wow. I'm playing that again. Uh I have a server that I play on that I can't stream. Not at all. No, no, that's uh, fine. You don't have to stream to enjoy a good oh, game. Oh, I know that. But I would love to stream. That'd but, be a fun game to stream. Oh, it's a great game to stream. It's a server that I'm on in particular, I cannot stream it. Um, so... Yeah. It... it mm, yeah. Um, but other than that, really, I haven't been playing many games. I've been doing the coding about the extent of me. <laughs> and I mean, even the coding, um, is actually a game to me at this point, because trying to come up with ideas to challenge myself is coming up with a game because I'm trying different ways out of the normal to do it. Well, I mean... There have been numerous so, studies and everything. Uh, a lot of experts agree that if you make something you're trying to learn into a game, the percent the percentages yep. for actually learning it are so much higher than if it's just a monotone, you know, Ferris Bueller day yeah. off person going Bueller, Ben Stein, who makes you fall asleep when he talks about you know the most riveting things in the news. <laughs> yeah. So. And um, the other thing is golf with friends. Say that again. Golf oh, with friends. 
Golf with Friends? Yes, it is a Steam game. Oh. That it is just like it says, it's Golf with Friends. And it actually is really fun if you get a bunch of you together and just sit there and and they have custom map that you can play. There's custom like 19 holes or you can do six, you can do, but they have, uh, it's like putt-putt. Okay. So it's a, and you have a lot of uh, um, obstacles <laughs> that they can put in your way. <laughs> and some of them are not so nice. There is one that we call a dog. It's a sheep <laughs> that runs around on a little track. You would think, okay, we're going to miss it. No. Swing. And uh, no. You hit that sheep <laughs> and you go off flying. And you hope in the right direction because on this particular map, you hit them and you go a certain direction. You can actually skip because it's a five hole or a five putt. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you hope, but you never make it. Um, <laughs> I've made 22. I have yet to make at least under 20, I think it is. Someday. To get so. to this. Someday. Yeah, someday. <laughs> but okay. Other than that, really, it's that um, and uh, Planet Side 2. I don't know if you're familiar with that game. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Um, they just did a big update. Um, and. This big update, they have a... Can't remember the name of it. Don't hate me for the Planet Side 2 players. I cannot remember the name. But it is a big carrier that a uh, guild or platoon kind of thing can recruit or get. Well, they have to get resources and that to make it. Well, recently, the platoon that I've been in um, is recently trying to make a comeback into Planet. So they've been... I've been tasked with doing training for all the new recruits. <laughs> which is so much fun. It sounds like it. I'm sure you have great training stories. Um, let's just say, <laughs> he's heard some of the comments that um, have happened. Um, but we'll just say... A younger crowd joined in. <laughs> That's relative, right? And shut up. Um, <laughs> so we'll say that there was 10 in this training group. And mm. it was a simple clear the room training. Clear uh, for the window. Well, it was actually the window that got them because I had another helper and he had a jetpack. He went in the window and if they didn't check the window, he shot him. <laughs> they all complained and left the guild. Jeez. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I got my tiny little violin. Can you hear it? Oh, yeah. It was hilarious because they lasted um, six hours in the guild. Because that is a required to join the guild now is, or platoon, you have to actually go through the training. Okay. Because if you don't go through the training, yes, all these other platoons and stuff, they, they're like, okay, you got a high ranking, you can go in, you can start battling, you can join the platoons. Our platoon is trying to make a nice cohesion. We're not training you to be like, oh my god, but we're giving you the base. 
Like, hey, when you come into a room, make sure you're clearing everything. Yes, you're going to die, but at least you're checking the corner. You know what I mean? At least scanning the room. Not, You don't have to go and pie the room and everything, but at least scan the room. Well, yeah, they didn't like that. <laughs> they failed immediately. In All right. Well, Ryan, what about you? Games? Yeah. Well, let's see. I mean, well, there's got to be something you do other than watch movies and anime. Well, maybe. But there is <laughs> one game that I have been playing, which you know because I've been playing it with you, which is Division 2. Yep. Um, I've been playing Division 2 on both systems, PS4 and Xbox, but I did sneak in back another game that I was playing, Outer Worlds, back into the fray. And... I went and got a little bit further on the planet I am, but the, uh, it's called Monarch, so I, I furthered the story a little bit more, putting factions against each other. So <laughs> um, I ended up killing off one faction because I decided to support another faction. But I did it because uh, I, I trusted my gut and I didn't like what the other faction was going to do. So I was like, I'm going to trust this other, the lesser two evils. So I was like, I gave them the, the, I gave them the device that I went and found and then just killed off the other ones. So nice. So that's where I'm at in that game. Um, that's I've been and you're, uh, uh, you're with Division Two on PlayStation. You're doing the uh, Warlords of New York, right? Yes, I How am. Is that going the expansion. Uh, that expansion. It's a really nice expansion. You get a third skill. Um, so with the third skill, you get a, like a special weapon. Me, I'm a I'm a I'm a sniper. So I get this like ultra elite sniper rifle that like it's like a one shot kill for a lot of enemies. But you have to be really good with uh, sniping in that game to be able to use that skill, you know, be a sniper. And I'm pretty good at sniping in Division 2. So, um, yeah, the Warlords is like, once you get into the expansion, you can't leave New York until you kill all the Warlords. So you have to kill each four and then Adam Keener. I think, yeah, Adam Keener. And then you can return back to DC. But that's fine because there's a lot to do in New York. So it's a really good in-depth expansion. So there's a lot of danger around every corner so cool gotta be on your toes so right. once we get there on xbox you'll see <laughs> yeah i just i just i did uh my game stream last night monday nights yeah. do uh scuba plays where i do xbox games on twitch and i think i hit 23 before i logged off but that's good i'm getting kind of to be honest i'm getting kind of bored <laughs> i mean that's like started doing the whole multiplayer thing and now it's like running solo on that it's just like yeah i'm bored oh yeah. enemies down the street they're dead i'm bored <laughs> yeah i usually with, with, yeah with division i try to team up at least with somebody it's more fun when you're running with people so i'm a little leery after the last time i when i got a call for an agent need assistance and i jumped in to help them and they turned around and shot at me i was like mm, yeah that's a just roll with a trusted crew so yeah well I'm trying to build a trusted crew so if you're on a xbox division two we do have a clan scuba studio scs i believe is the three three uh letter tag so yeah let's, let's uh, try to build a clan to you know run and gun there and have fun all yep. right so but yeah, it's, I think I think I might try something else. I think, given the time, given our time frame, especially with the you know the governor's new order to stay at home, I think stay I, at home. 
in quotes. Uh, I'm thinking I'm either going to, you know, dust off uh, Fallen Order or I'm going to be really brave and dive into Witcher 3. I would say if if you were to do either two, do the Fallen Order one first because you can get through that pretty quick. It's not Even so much with about the... quick, it's about, you know, killing time. <laughs> you, I mean, when I say quick, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a, a shorter story to The Witcher 3, but there is still a lot of, like, side stuff you can do in Fallen Order, but I definitely would check that one out first, because I think you would you would definitely be like, what? Being a Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah. Stuff that happens I picked up uh, the, the sequel trilogy on... Uh... So now I have all nine. I have every the sequel trilogy and solo. So now I have all of the feature length Star Wars films. Or you could just uh, just uh, do a triangle effect and just juggle the, all three. Up, you know, do yeah, I can do that. I, I think I'll open that up to the comments as well to anybody who watches this and you know wants to toss in some suggestions on things to play. I mean, there's also oh, yeah. the Game Pass library, which is extensive and obscene with options. Oh, yeah. Every time I log in my Xbox, I look at all the games I downloaded for free. And it's like, maybe one day I'll check these out. And then I go over and play Division 2 or something. And yeah, I thought about, about doing the new Ori game. Ori in the... It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it does look very beautiful. Yeah, I thought about but, popping that, trying that one out, see what's going on with that. But definitely that, the feeling where you said, I'm bored playing the game. That's why I always try to keep a rotation of like three games so that like if I hit that wall, I can just jump to the next game. So, yeah, my big thing though is what I, one of the things I hate is when you get into a game and you get the you get the controller down, you get yeah. the you do where you start just going and all of a sudden it's like you come to it and you come back after so much and it's like how do I do this again? That that that, that <laughs> Jack Sparrow. What button what, does what? Oh, I meant to aim, not throw the grenade. Oops. Oh, yeah. I can tell you, it does. It does. Uh, doing that, you do have to get acclimated with the controls again. But it usually doesn't take me too long. It takes me uh, like a couple minutes, and then I got it again. It's more for me, like jumping between big games with big stories. I have to reacclimate myself to the story. Like try to figure out where am I, and who do I not need to piss off. That's so, pretty much. Know, maybe throwing Witcher Three in that rotation may not be a good idea because that that one you could be on a quest and then inadvertently screw it up. When you when you're when you have a PC, you don't have to worry about controller differences. It's all the same. Mouse, keyboard, you know, WASD. You don't have to worry about the button. Just want to put that out there. And you know what? I am getting I'm getting really tired of you and other people keep commenting about I need a PC to game on. And I know I need a PC. I can't That would be nice, but I like just just not doing that. So I'm good. I know I'll get one eventually. Yeah, more so it's 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 just for me. This is just me personally. I just get tired of looking at a computer screen all day. So, yeah, I'd rather stare at something else. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm that's not, fair. Yeah, the same thing. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, like I, I was a hardcore PC gamer for a long time. So, I'm not going to take away from the greatness that is the PC Master Race. It's just, I, I just prefer just casual, get on the console for a few hours and get off. Well, see, when I need to de stress, I actually get away from computer, TV, or anything. Go read a book. 
go take a walk or anything like I don't as soon as I get home I try to stay away from the computer for at least a de-stress to let my eyes relax not even using my phone really yeah if I remember where it is <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's, that, that, that's such an amazing thing as far as that generational it's like my kids cannot leave their devices alone and at times, my oh, yeah. wife can't leave her device alone. Yet me, I'll set mine down and be like, I think I was, because I, I, a couple other games, I still play Cells to Singularity uh, and Lemmings. And I have no kidding been playing around the Lemmings. Once I figure out the path and I let them go, I'll set the phone down and look at, at something else. And then like, an hour will go by, and it's sitting there. Oh, I completed the level. Oops. <laughs> oh, yeah. Content level two. Downsize my battery now. Next it's Tuesday. got no life to it. Say again? We could talk about that next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been going about an hour and a half now. So I think we're uh, pretty much good for this week. Sounds we good. We might come up with a way to do gaming. Oh, yeah, we were getting... Okay, we'll take a few more minutes and talk about that because that's actually something I wanted to talk about is the fact that, as I alluded to at the beginning of the, sh of the show tonight, I did my first virtual D&D &D session. Yes, you did. I had an absolute blast, and I realized, okay, I want to do this again, but I want to have a dedicated camera for the battle map. So we've been talking offline about setting that up, but it's there's so much influx on doing these digital games it's crazy so and i see we got more people in the chat or watching us so i'm gonna it's like hey welcome to the show sound off in the chat let us know what you're thinking have you guys tried any virtual uh games other than like uh D, D or board games or any anything you've been checking out there is a, a lot of ways to play, you know, board games, online versions, I, but I haven't scoped it out too much. I know you like one of the things I shared on Facebook about Cards Against Humanity online. So, Yeah. 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 And last that week one... we did do Small World, and we were going to do uh, Munchkin tonight. Unfortunately, you know, again, Governor said stay at home, so we got to stay at home. Yeah. Yeah, the one night I'll be like, this is not going to happen there. to me, and then I'll be the one pulled over. Yeah. Yeah. Your car's a little too too conspicuous there, right? And yeah. I drive too fast sometimes, so. Oh, yeah. But, you don't drive fast, trust me. Well, I know you drive faster, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm more conspicuous. I do have the red car, so. Which I have about, a Dodge did... Dart that looks like a police car. So they're always looking at me. While as other people are thinking I'm a police car, they slow down, which irritates more. But anyway. There are worse fates, man. There are worse fates. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So we might be able to do a board game, but we might have to work out how to move the piece. Well, I mean, it, it's... if. I host the game, and where if I'm hosting the game on a table, then I can move the pieces around, and we'll just kind of go through that. You just get give your input. Then again, yeah. there's also the fact that games like Ticket to Ride, Small World, and um, 
couple of the Eldritch Horror games, like Arkham, Arkham and whatever, they are all they all have a digital component to where you can have all the board players go. I mean, Steam has got quite the library of games, board yeah. game and other. Well, we could also sit here. There. We I could have... also sit here if you guys are interested. We could also start playing uh, an actual dice game like. I've got that uh, Shadowrun thing up on the wall, or you know, all this wonderful D and D material to work with. Well, we won't go into the D and D. That's another day. Okay. But I do have a table simulator. I mean, there is quite a few avenues that we can do digital. Keep yeah, us there's... entertained. Yeah, there's but... there's websites. We all have Steam here, so. Yeah, well, I still we have, all I have, still have Steam, a lot of those but games on there. But. We, we all have Steam, but someone doesn't have a computer, supposedly. Even though there's one in the other room that's brand new. That is for the kids to do their schoolwork, not for me to use for my projects. Yeah, I can always game on my laptop. It's not a super-duper high-tech machine, but it can play games, so... <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We did. Well, I did. I did play Torchlight on this with you, Scuba. So yes. And and the stream box does have enough to you know play some games on there. <laughs> uh, speaking of games, I have started playing Torchlight two again, but on my Switch. Nice. I just needed to just uh, do something while I was waiting for my car getting service, so I was like, let me play this. <laughs> loot, 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 loot. So we're up to an hour and a half. Yeah, all right. I think we're uh, I think we're good. So uh, real quick, uh, how does anybody find y'all to chat with y'all that kind of thing? Let's start with uh, Rye and work our way clockwise. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Incubus Trav. Send me message, like, friend request. All right, Graza, where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Allen one see all my art that I posted. All right. Saladin, what about you? Where can we find you? Discord. Discord. All right. And Twitch, right? Uh, yes. Twitch, Saladin1980 on Twitch. You should be able to find me there. I do plan on streaming a little more, hence... The green well, screen. That's still green screen right now. I have to actually get a new camera. Yeah, I think I'm going to be downgrading so, cameras on this to take put one over on the other on that other computer we were just joking about, because the school system is finally getting their digital learning or classroom environment together. <laughs> so supposedly with phase three, they will start having virtual classes. So well, in the chat, everybody, um, there are links to how to contact. Scuba and Rai. There is also how to support the studio. Yes. And which, show credit. Yes, which I uh, got to do a verbal shout out to Sirenscape for the background musics we were hearing. Today's sound palette is from the Waterdeep Dragon Heist sound set, the Troll Skull Manor Dark Music. Um, Sounds familiar. <laughs> Uh, it's quite a bit of fun, and I, I'm looking for. I, I'm enjoying that. So definitely a shout out and a thank you to Sirenscape. 
there's a link to our uh, info on Sirenscape. Click there, and that'll uh, let them know that uh, we sent you over there to check them out. Take your games to the next level there. Of course, you can find me on uh, social media at ScubaCod and uh, Scuba Studio. So with that, uh, I think have a great week, great weekend. Enjoy the isolation, and we will catch you all next week. Survive. Survive.